0: Mayday, Mayday! Anyone copying channel nine? Terrorists have seized the Nakatomi Building and are holding at least thirty people hostage. I repeat, unknown number of terrorists, six or more, armed with automatic weapons at Nakatomi Plaza, Century City. That's the best place to transmit. Somebody answer me, goddammit!
1: The roof. Go, go. It's the same address as that fire signal. I'll handle it. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. No fucking shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza?
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Multiverse of Entertainment Podcast. My name is James. This is episode five. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the love for last week's episode, which we talked about Dragon Ball Z season one, the Saiyan saga. And uh today is gonna be a bit of a a different dynamic. We're back on movies, like I said, it's episode 5, and today I have the distinct honor of talking about probably one of my favorite action movies of all time, Die Hard. Now, there's a lot of controversial things with this movie, particularly, is it a Christmas film, is it not a Christmas film, this is what we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, but before I say anything, uh, before we talk about the movie, I'd just like to say thank you very much for all the love and support this podcast so far. I know we're only episode five, oh, five episodes in, I should say, but I really, really do appreciate all the love and support. So please, please, please keep subscribing, keep following, share it with everybody, share this podcast with everybody. We're going to go and grow bigger and better than ever each and every episode. So I appreciate it. Well, enough said. Let's get right into the episode where we're talking about diehard, which released in theaters on July fifteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Let's go. They have already killed one hostage. They are fortifying their positions while you're jerking me up on a radio. Now send a police. Sir, I've already told
1: you. This is a reserved channel. If this is an emergency call, dial nine one one on your telephone otherwise i'll have to report this as an fcc violation Fine. report me come the fuck down here and arrest me just send the police now Ow. Ah! see if there's a black and white that can do a drive by
0: all right so die hard <laughs> This one is going to be rather enjoyable to talk about because this is, without a doubt, one of the one of the greatest um, action films to be made. Um, it's it's one of those films where you just sit there and enjoy it, and it's just like it's so full of action, but it's a great story as well at the same time. Um, he's got a great cast such a good cast um in this in this movie Not you know none other than Bruce Willis who before this movie wasn't even a movie star he was more of a uh TV show star um I'm not too sure if he had been in movies before then. But I know this, this was one of his like big breaks, uh, or his big br- the big break that he needed as an actor to get into the movie business, uh, to get into the movie scene. Um, and also he's like seconded by the great Alan Rickman, who's no longer with us. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Alan Rickman is, uh, Professor Snape from uh, the Harry Potter movies and an array of other actors as well which everyone in this movie was brilliant really really good um this this doesn't even have for me this movie doesn't even have like uh bad i i can't see a bad in this movie i i, I really can't um but it's so good so the mo the movie obviously released in nineteen eighty eight, as you would have heard in the in the intro. Um, it's based off a novel, weirdly enough. Um, most novel films are like romantic or comedy based, you know. And there's not many uh, action based films, not that I can remember were as good as this movie was. And it only had a budget of between twenty-five million to thirty-five million dollars, which is crazy for the amount of stuff they did in this film. Uh which again, which <laughs> which is really, really, really good. Um so the So this movie was based on a novel, on a 1979 novel called Nothing Lasts Forever, and it tells the story of uh, a New York, uh, a cop who travels from New York all the way to LA to visit his family for Christmas, where his wife has picked up a job at a high-tech company, and He's obviously. She's invited him to come over. They're estranged. Uh, his job, obviously, trolling the streets of New York, make sure New York is safe, putting away bad guys. And he didn't follow what he didn't follow her there, so they're really estranged. Um, and this this movie takes right. Let's put this out of the way now. All right, this the book and the movie is based. Christmas time. And it's based on Christmas Eve. And for me, I consider this a Christmas film. It is a Christmas film. It's based on Christmas. The book is based on Christmas. Alright? It just happened to be a, a terrorist group uh situation. Which would be which got involved in the Christmas spirit, obviously. You know, I think it's a Christmas film. Let me know if you guys think it's a Christmas film. If it's not a Christmas film, um, but it's but Die Hard is, one, is considered one of the best Christmas films of all time. So. <laughs> so we can't say much about that. So obviously the plot of the movie, John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, um, travels to Los Angeles hoping to reconcile with his estranged wife, Holly, uh, who is employed by the Nakatomi Corporation. And she works in... The Nakatomi Plaza, which everybody is familiar with, Um, especially if you're like a gamer, Call of Duty fans. Uh, Nakatomi Plaza was brought in for the Warzone uh, Battle Royale map in Verdansk. If everyone remembers that, I enjoyed that. I loved it. Got the skins and everything. Um, So he's driving around. He's been driven around by a liberal driver named Argyle. He's just getting used to, you know, talking shit. Um, And then all of a sudden, as he's being introduced to trying to find his wife, uh, a group of uh, German radicals, head by Hans Gruber, who are heavily armed, decide to take the building hostage because the building has some sort of, like, vault which has a lot of money in there. So they're just... There, they just go they just go in there, rob the place, and then leave, pretty much. But it turns into some sort of like (laughs) cat and mouse kind of game. Because they start they arrive at the party, there's a big Christmas party on. They arrive, firing everything, you know, shooting, scaring everybody. There's a couple having sex in one of the offices, and then she gets dragged out. Boobs flying all over the place. Um, and then they're all gathered together, Hans Group introduces himself. Uh, which Alan Rickman in this movie is fucking awesome. Alan Rickman is this is I think this is one of his best movies. Really, really good. This and Sweeney Todd and Harry Potter, I think, are probably one of his top three movies of all time. My opinion. Really, really good. However, John McLean, John John's heard all this, so he's scarpered away before anyone can find him. He's running upstairs, he's running up and down, trying to find a good spot to be at. Realizes he hasn't got any shoes on. So he's literally running around barefoot, best top, trousers on, whatnot. This is this cat and mouse game, Drive, you know, running around, um, having a situation, trying to figure out what to do. He's unarmed. Well, he has his pistol, but he's pretty unarmed to take on these kind of guys. So Hans Gruber takes Mr. Uh, Nakatomi up to conference room, where he asks very kindly for uh, the codes for the vault, which, obviously, he doesn't... uh, Mr... Nakatomi doesn't. Oh, uh, is it Takati? Is it? Is it Takati? We have a look. Yeah, Takati. Sorry, my bad, Mister Takati. Um, refuses to give it to him, and then Gruber goes, "Okay, kills the guy because the guy because the guy you are 'You're gonna have to kill. I'm not gonna give it to you. so You might as well kill me.' All right, bang, dead, dead, buried. We'll do the hard way." Goes <laughs> and then obviously John seeing John seeing all this puts the gun down really hard and they hear the noise, so they're scarping around trying to find whatever that noise was. Doesn't find the guy, and then it's all it's off to the races. Then catches, catch can. Um, John's trying to figure out. Puts the uh, fire alarm down at one point. He, d- he puts a fire alarm down at one point because he needs to, like, get people's attention. Fire has come in. He's really excited about it coming. And then, all of a sudden, the fire the security guard downstairs who's been killed who's been swapped with one of the bad guys. Alerts the fire department. No, everything's fine. And then they get turned away. Obviously, John is not happy with this. So... Excuse me, while I have some water. Lovely. Um. So while he's doing this, he's really pissed. But he gets caught off guard by two two of the gu two the bad guys. And it's just like this massive shootout in the conference room. Where, where the guy uh Gives literally gives John McClane advice like if somebody's hesitant, if somebody's trying to kill you, don't hesitate to kill them. Under the table fires s- like seven or eight rounds, and he's literally one of the best one-liners in this so far. You guys, thanks for the advice. So good, so good.
1: you have a chance to kill someone don't hesitate
0: thanks for the advice while this is all going on as well um obviously the intro John managed to get up onto the roof um and call for, well somewhat called for help um but <laughs> they said something over there anyway uh, Sergeant Al Powell went to investigate and ended up uh just checking the lobby, seeing what's going on, thought, screw this, as he was on his way home. Um, And he gets a very warm welcome. Obviously, John's like, come on, what are you doing? He sees him leaving, thinks on his feet and thinks, right, I'm going to give him a surprise here and end up with one of the funniest funniest scenes uh, where John throws a dead body out of the building, lands on Powell's car, and Powell shits himself and he drives all the way back. It's it's comical.
1: Sorry to waste your time. No problem at all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) Oh, the weather outside. That is frightful. Dum, da dum, delightful. (sighs) For the (sighs) love. 8 Lincoln 30 to dispatch. 8 030, go ahead. Yeah, that's a wild goose chase over here at Nakatomi Plaza. Everything here is okay. Over. But nobody has the place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow.
0: Again, with, like, well, a great... There's so many one-liners in this movie. I, I Like, th- obviously, this is not the first one of movies with a lot of one-liners. You know, you had, like, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger films and Stallone films prior to this with, like, a lot of one-liners. Um, but, obviously, Al Powell is like, realized what's going on. Calls for help. You've got the police coming down, ambulance crews, obviously, and you've got the FBI coming down. Yeah, the, F- the FBI, the guy, the FBI guys in this are just dumb as shit, and they get killed. Uh, and while this is going on, John is trying to like figure out more ways to get the hostages out. Ends up with a radio that he ends up talking to Hans for the first time. And he obviously keeps his, his identity a secret, so he doesn't endanger his wife more than anything. Uh, but goes into like a little conversation with him and whatnot, and then comes up with probably, the, probably the, one of the most famous lines any of us will probably ever hear in a movie at that time, which he literally goes, Zippy motherfucker. And boom, we're off to the races and it's back to the cat mouse routine. Mr. Mr. Guest, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me.
1: Uh, no, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? a child another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's john wayne rambo marshall Dillon.
0: i was always kind of partial to roy rogers actually i really like those sequins shirts
1: do you really think you have a chance against us mr cowboy
0: yippee ki motherfucker so as we're going through the movie you know there's chaos outside, there's chaos inside. John is still thinking of ways, outsmarting the terrorists as well. He's literally a one-man army at this point, because the FBI and the lieutenant of the police is just, just shit, and Al's giving him shit. Al, yeah, Al's giving him shit down there, because they're not doing the job right. <laughs> which is quite sad, uh, which, is, which is funny. Uh, I love that bit of that character. Al is Al Powell is like an underrated character in this film. Uh, but we eventually get to the point where the hostages do start to get saved. Um, however, uh, as they're still searching the detonators, Hans decides to go and check it out himself. Running Runs into McLean initially, but pretends to be somebody else, and they get on with like this conversation, it's a really strange conversation because John doesn't know who he is and whatnot. Um, and then all of a sudden, as John gives him a gun to protect himself, John turns his back, and then Hans speaks German down the radio. John's like, "What?" Turns around and realizes, "Oh shit, this is Hans." Um, <laughs> and Hans is like, "I've got you now, pretty much." Fires the weapon. And John's like, you think I'm stupid giving you a loaded weapon, Hans? Which is great. And then it's just this massive gunfire, a gunfight up in the offices that hasn't been built yet. Mind you, this building is not finished, okay? And they realize, Hans realizes that John doesn't have shoes on. So he tells his bodyguards, shoot the glass, because John can't go anywhere then. He's, He's screwed. They shoot the glass. John realizes, but he's got no choice but to walk through. And after they, he they realize he's escaped. They don't know where he's gone. The next time we see John, he's literally crawling into the bathroom with blood coming from his feet, which all the glass and stuff. It's quite, it's quite a horrific scene seeing him take the glass out of his feet. It's quite, quite bad. But initially, he gets himself somewhat patched up, and he goes off to the point where now he has. He's got detonators. Throws a, <laughs> throws a um re- realizes that the cops are not doing well. The FBI is not doing well. So he decides screw it. Grabs a monitor, puts some C four in it, a lot of detonators. Strap it to a seat. throw it down the elevator shaft. Big explosion, and brilliant. So it's such an explosive scene. Kills quite a few people. Um, but helps helps the police. The lieutenant doesn't appreciate it because John's not part of the LAPD, he's part of the NYPD. He's being a bit of an asshole. All the sprinklers are going off, and whatnot, blah 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 blah. And I think by this is it by this point then the um everybody is not everybody then is about to get sent to the roof uh to get on a helicopter so they can get out. But on the news, on the TV, the news has picked up on who the mystery guy is, and goes off to Holly's uh, family home where he interviews the kids. By the way, the news reporter in this, the prick news reporter, is the same guy who plays Walter Peck in Ghostbusters. Uh, great actor, I think he's a fantastic actor. He could play, he could play a prick really, really well. I'm pretty sure he's a really nice guy. I can't remember what his his name is but i'm pretty sure he's a really really nice guy but he could play a proper prick through these films and what else was it oh yeah hans remember realizes then wait a minute picks the picture up no he real yeah he realizes who he is picks the picture up not knows that holly is the guy McLean's wife i think he read, read read yours no i got i i'm ahead of myself he finds out he finds out who the guy is from one of the workers who tries to get himself out of it, uh but ultimately gets killed himself. And then he sees the news, realizes Holly is John McLean's wife. Once he picks up the photo that she put down earlier in the movie, and then he gets all the hostages upstairs on the roof. So he. They can get saved and whatnot, and then obviously oh let go downstairs. I'm not too sure. And then she he takes Holly on his own to the vault as like a bargaining chip, whatnot. By this time, John has pretty much killed everybody, so there's only Hans left. And the security guard ends up ends up walking in with only two bullets in his gun. So he comes up with a plan, puts his hands behind his head. Fires one off, fires the other off. The security guy goes down. Hans is like holding on Holly, but he falls out the window. Falls out the window, holding on to Holly, and the only way he's literally holding on to her by her, her wrist, a wristwatch, which is pretty fucking stupid that he's holding on to a wristwatch. John pulls the wristwatch off of him, off of Holly, just before Hans is about to draw his. Is about to draw his, point his weapon. And as soon as the watch comes off, Hans just floats ever so slowly, slow motion-wise, down the building. And I like how oh, somebody, like, the, the lieutenant goes, oh, God, I hope that's not a hostage. Do you know what I mean? And he's just, like, falling and falling and falling off and he gets killed. Now, I didn't know this, but Alan Rickman, uh, Alan Rickman did that stunt, but they wanted it to be like an authentic, like look. So they, the stunt coordinator told Alan Rickman that we're gonna let you go at three, and then we're gonna do the shot. But they did it. They counted one, let him go, and the face you see on screen is a genuine look of fear as well, which is actually pretty fucking cool. So McLean, obviously, is sorted. McLean gets his wife back. Everybody's rescued. Bath from like couple of people. All the terrorists are dead. Everybody's happy-dory. Um, But as they get outside, one of the terrorists, one of the terrorists comes back, which is the blonde-haired guy, the long-haired, blonde-haired guy, draws his weapon, is about to fire. But then, who saves the day? Al Powell, with a pistol, shoots him in the face. And why not? It's fucking awesome. Everybody wins. And the terrorists die. And that's pretty much it. Um The movie is fucking awesome. I, I love it. Um, box box office wise it grossed like 139 million 139.8 million to 141.5 million dollars in the box office which is fucking unreal and this movie literally came out 30, 34 years 34? 34, no 36 years ago I think yeah 2 years before I was born so about because I'm 33 now. So I'm about 35 years old. Which is incredible how long this movie has like, stood the test of time. Um, but yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, if I I can't really think of anything else to say. But the cast in this was great. The, the movie was great. Um, the ending of the film is great. With like uh, Frank Sinatra's uh, song, Let It Snow, which is awesome. And yeah, it's 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 awesome, and and I can't think of anything else to say about it. But yeah, so let's cue Sethiin in. Let's cue let's cue like another sound bite and then I'll get on with the with get on with the outro. So, cheers. That's this is all about
1: fucking robbery. Put down the gun.
0: Why'd you
1: have to nuke the whole building, Hans? Well, when you steal $600, you can just disappear. When you steal $600 million, they will find you unless they think you're already dead. And put down the gun. this is mine. You got me. Still the cowboy, Mr. McLean, Americans, all alike. Well, this time John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. This Gary Cooper asshole. Enough jokes. You made a pretty good cowboy yourself, Hans. Oh, yes. What was it you said to me before? Yippee-kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> not a hostage.
0: And that's it, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's a shorter episode compared to last week's episode, but you know, some episodes are long. Some episodes are short. It depends. It's like muscle memory, you know? It's just me reminiscing, going down memory lane, remembering what I remember of the film, uh, and really, really enjoying it. I, I don't do a ton of research on these uh, on everything. I just go by muscle memory, obviously. Um, but there are certain things that I will research. And I watch these movies again, Watch these movies tv shows again just to like go through it so but i hope you appreciate what uh what i try to do with this podcast like i said thank you very much uh for you watching this is episode five uh die hard check it out please we do appreciate it leave us a review as well that would be awesome follow us on all our socials including instagram at the room the <laughs> whoops uh, uh, Let me start that again. Uh, Teeth back in. Check us out on Instagram at The Multiverse of Entertainment Pod. Check us out on TikTok, where every week you will get a clip for the next episode, which is which is MoPod on Instagram tiktok i will get these right eventually jesus christ my, my brains go in faster than my mouth uh go subscribe to us on youtube at the multiverse of entertainment Podcast on youtube hit the subscribe button it's free you get these if you listen this on uh, on youtube please like the video leave a comment tell me what your best bits are of the movie or your best memories of the movie and also follow us on Spotify. Both versions are audio versions, obviously. Um, and it goes well. Give us a review and share it with friends. Share it with friends, guys. If you if your friends love TV shows and movies, please, 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 uh, give us <laughs> get them over here. The more support, it would be great. And that is it. That is it. So the next episode, which is episode 6, which we are back to the TV shows next week. And we are talking about one of my favorite cartoons of all time, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Do not miss this one. This is going to be great. Have a good one, guys. See you next week. Peace. (laughs)